What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Strange News Daily is a production of iHeartMedia. In a world full of bizarre events, unsolved mysteries, and a billion stories from all corners of the globe, some news gets lost in the shuffle. This is your gateway to the stories on the fringe of the mainstream map. These are your dispatches in the dark. I'm Ben Bolin, and this is the Strange News Daily. Our first story today Indian authorities claim they have recently captured a spy from the neighboring country of Pakistan. Only this spy wasn't exactly a James Bond figure. Instead, it's a pigeon. Yes, pigeon as in a bird. The pigeon was captured along the international border in the Kathua district of Jammu and Kashmir. It was originally suspected to have been trained by Pakistan as a covert messenger or spy. Local officials said the pigeon, which was carrying a, quote, coded message, was captured by residents of Manyari village in the Haranagar sector there soon after it flew into the Indian side of the border from Pakistan. Security agencies were concerned and they are working together to decipher this coded message. According to Senior Superintendent of Police of Kathua, Shalendra Mishra, the villagers handed over the pigeon to the local police station yesterday. A ring was seen attached to one of its legs with some numbers on it, and a probe was on the pigeon as well. While this might sound unusual or even silly, human beings have had a long history of training animals to work in military applications. A Pakistani villager identified as Habibullah came forward to claim ownership of the alleged feathered spy and spoke to a Pakistani newspaper called Dawn. 
In this speech, the villager appealed to Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi to return the bird to him, saying it was a symbol of peace and not a spy. We should also note the die markings and the ring attached to the bird's leg are common signs of ownership. They're ways for a bird keeper to identify their individual pigeons. Just a few days ago, Indian police decided the bird was, in fact, a civilian. Shalindra Mishra said the pigeon was set free after nothing suspicious was found. Mishra rejected allegations that the numbers inscribed on the ring on the pigeon's leg were codes meant for militant groups operating in the Kashmir region. The villager, Habibullah, lives near the Kashmir border, and this border is one of the most militarized zones in the world. This villager said the bird had participated in a pigeon racing contest and the digits on the bird's leg were, in fact, his mobile phone number. Pigeon racing is actually pretty popular in border villages, and some of these races are held in India as well as Pakistan. It's not unusual to lose a bird on either side. Owners identify their birds with dyed stamps on their wings or paint or rings on the feet. This is also not the first time an avian got caught up in the tense world of Indian-Pakistani relations. In 2016, a pigeon was taken into Indian custody after it was found with a note threatening Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi. Our second story today. As protests and riots against police brutality proliferate through multiple U.S. cities, more and more protesters have begun alleging that there was something off about factions of protesters, especially the ones committing violent acts. In many cases, protesters claimed that looters, at least the ones they saw, as well as people they saw trying to escalate violent conflicts with the police, were actually not part of the original protest. They claimed instead these individuals were infiltrators or agent provocateurs in the crowds. While misinformation can run rampant in chaotic times like these, the sheer number of people claiming this, along with what appears to be pretty solid video footage at times, has led officials to investigate the claims as well. On Sunday, government officials began investigating whether extremist groups had infiltrated police brutality protests across the U.S. and deliberately tipped largely peaceful demonstrations toward violence. They also began investigating whether foreign adversaries were behind the burgeoning disinformation campaign on social media. As demonstrations spread from Minneapolis to Atlanta to the White House, New York City, and overseas, federal law enforcement officials insisted far-left groups were stoking violence. Meanwhile, experts who track extremist groups professionally also reported evidence of far-right extremist factions at work. Investigators were tracking online interference and looking into whether foreign agents were behind this effort. Officials have noted a surge in social media accounts with fewer than 200 followers created just last month. That's a textbook sign of an organized disinfo effort. These suspicious accounts have posted graphic images from protests. They've posted material on police brutality and content on the coronavirus pandemic, all that appeared designed to inflame tensions across the political divide. 
This is according to three administration officials who spoke on the condition of anonymity. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz said Sunday that state authorities were hit with a cyber attack as law enforcement prepared to de-escalate protests in Minneapolis and St. Paul, which has been the epicenter of the unrest in the wake of the death of George Floyd. The Minnesota governor described this cyber attack as a very sophisticated denial of service attack on all computers. Current U.S. President Donald Trump along with Attorney General William Barr and others, said that left-wing extremist groups, which they collectively refer to as Antifa, is to blame. Antifa is short for anti-fascist. It's an umbrella term for various left-leaning militant groups that organize to resist neo-Nazis and white supremacists at multiple demonstrations. Yet again, others have seen evidence of the opposite of right-wing extremists. J.J. McNabb, a fellow at George Washington University's program on extremism, has been monitoring online banter about the protest inside anti-government extremist groups on social media platforms. McNabb says she has access to dozens of private Facebook groups for followers of the loosely organized Boogaloo movement which uses an 80s movie sequel as a code word for a second civil war. McNabb also sees signs that the three percenters militia movement appears to be taking interest here. Megan Squire, an Elan University computer science professor who tracks online extremism, saw images of at least four members of the far-right Proud Boys group on the periphery of a protest Saturday night in Raleigh, North Carolina. The Trump administration has remained largely silent on local reports about far-right protesters being involved. Meanwhile, Democratic mayors said that current President Trump's handling of the crisis was reminiscent of one of the darkest moments of his presidency when he said there were, quote, good people on both sides of protest in 2017 over white supremacists demonstrating in Charlottesville, Virginia. Multiple cities instituted emergency curfews, and some, like Atlanta, only notified protesters of the curfew after it began. Our third story today. Industry observers are predicting that the global coal business will never recover from the COVID-19 pandemic. Their reasoning? The crisis has simply proved renewable energy is far cheaper for consumers and a safer bet for investors. A long-term shift away from fossil fuels and all their consequences has accelerated during the lockdown, bringing forward power plant closures in multiple countries and providing new evidence that humanity's use of coal may finally, after more than 200 years, have peaked. That makes the worst-case climate scenarios less likely because they're based on the continued expansion of the coal industry for the rest of this century. Even before the pandemic, the industry was under massive pressure due to heightened climate activism, organized investment campaigns, and cheap alternatives. The coronavirus lockdown has exposed the frailties of the coal industry even further, wiping billions of dollars worth of value from the market valuations of the world's largest coal miners. 
As demand for electricity has fallen, multiple utilities have cut back on coal first, mainly because it's more expensive than gas, wind, or solar energy. In the EU, imports of coal for thermal power plants plunged by almost two-thirds in the past few months, reaching lows that haven't been seen for 30 years. And the consequences of this have been felt around the world as well. This week, a news report by the U.S. Energy Information Administration projected the U.S. would produce more electricity this year from renewables than from coal for the very first time in history. Industry analysts predict coal's share of U.S. electricity generation could fall to just 10% in five years, down from 50% a decade ago. The chair of the Global Carbon Project, Rob Jackson, said the pandemic was likely to confirm that coal will never again reach the peak seen in 2013, stating specifically, COVID-19 will slash coal emissions so much this year that the industry will never recover, even with a continued build-out in India and elsewhere. The crash in natural gas prices, record cheap solar and wind power, and climate and health concerns have undercut the industry permanently. The records are falling thick, and they're falling quickly. By last Friday, the United Kingdom's national grid had not burned a single lump of coal for 35 days. That's the longest uninterrupted period since the start of their industrial revolution more than 230 years ago. According to the campaign group Europe Beyond Coal, the record coal-free run for Portugal has extended almost two months. There are multiple examples of other countries in Europe and abroad moving away from coal. Yet the elephant in the room is China, which burns half the world's coal and is the biggest financier of mines and power plants throughout Asia and Africa, largely to create an export market for its own domestic manufacturing and engineering firms. A few years ago, domestic coal consumption fell in the country, and this prompted hopes that President Xi Jinping was going to commit to a shift away from this fossil fuel. However, after the lockdown, the number one political priority has been to restart the economy. Provincial governments are now working on a slew of new thermal plants, but they're running at less than half of capacity because current demand for coal has not returned to its previous level. While nobody is expecting coal to disappear anytime soon, Ted Nace, director of Global Energy Monitor, believes the balance has shifted for good, saying, Coal is definitely on the downturn, and this pandemic is going to accelerate that. Demand should come back to some degree next year, but there is a very strong argument that it is not going to just bounce back. That's all for now. We've been asking you to chime in with suggestions for stories you think your fellow listeners should know about, to hit us with your best or worst dad jokes and your personal experience with COVID-19. Let us know what's going on in your neck of the global woods by tagging hashtag StrangeDaily on Twitter or reach out to me directly. I'm at Ben Bolin HSW on Twitter or at Ben Bolin on Instagram. Thanks as always to our super producer, Dylan Fagan, our research associate, Sam Teagarden, and most importantly, thanks to you for tuning in. I'm Ben Bolin. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, stay strange. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? 
Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.